Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. Welcome to Tool Talk podcast number 43. Today is Friday, November 7th, 2008. If you would like to give us a call, you can actually call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. Or you can actually email us uh, at ckage, C-C-A-G-E, or S-O-H-A-R-A, S-O-H-A-R-A, at toolmonger.com. Sean, you're very quiet. <laughs> well, you know, it's it been a little while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, we're back on track here. Yeah, we got things moving along again. So, so much going good. on on the site. Yeah, well, actually, a ton of stuff going on on the site, <laughs> especially since we've done one of these. So we thought it was about time. <laughs> people, uh, I've gotten at least, I don't know, four or five emails a week. Uh, yeah, me too. people complaining that we don't do this enough. So uh, we're fixing that. Here we that. are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ask, you receive. You That's how it. it works. So uh, You yeah. want to start with the... Uh, do I have to do the thing? No, you don't have to do the thing. Okay. We, we will the start, top five. We will start with the top five. I'm going to come up with my own thing for that, my own like sound for that, so we don't have to say it every time. You know, sooner or later, somebody's going to hold you to that, because we've been saying that for like a year. All right, fine. I'll do it for next week. You're like, how about that? Punk. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, well, without uh, further ado, we'll do the top five. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Number five. Number five. <laughs> Uh, uh, my best like '80s DJ voice. Sunday, <laughs> you know, um, five. Yeah. Uh, was the Laser Curve Two a better miter saw guide? And uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, it is. If you've seen the laser on the saw type thing, and, and we've made fun of these often enough before, but uh, one of the things was uh, is the laser on the left side of the cut, the right side of the cut, in the or right in the middle? Yeah. Um, also, if you attach it to the arbor instead of the actual saw itself, uh, man, it, it comes out of alignment. Yeah, like a bunch. Like before you do the first cut. <laughs> right. So th- there's no telling where it could be. Um, so that's kind of an issue. But the, the laser curve, um, too, I should, I guess I should specify that because... Uh, I feel like the radio the voice should be in there again. Yeah. The laser curve, too! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of should. Not available but, uh, in stores. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not available anywhere. That's awful. It's, yeah. it's not nice. But uh, yeah, what this thing does is it attaches to the saw mechanism itself right next to the blade and uh, has some, some fine adjustments. But it has two lasers that go on either side or will show up on either side of the blade and uh, actually show you what's going to get cut out and where that will be. In so the- yeah, one laser is on one side of it and the other is on the other. So everything between the lasers right. is going away. Right. Now see... My first thought when you mentioned this to me, when I saw the post on, on Toolmonger, it was was that, well, you know, Skill's been doing this for a while, and they've had the two lasers. You know, right. I think Bosch has a two-laser setup as well. For Actually, like a couple a, people do. Yeah. And Irwin has the, you know, sandwiches in with the blade laser. Right. But if you think about it, neither of these are exactly what we're talking about here. Like, the, the sandwich in with the laser thing, I mean, with the blade thing is great, except you only get one laser. You have to know which side. Right. The, uh, um, you know, which of course I guess would vary depending on how you installed it. But right. then, then the, uh, uh, the skill and the Bosch and the others are built into a specific unit. So if you have a trusty old, I love the hell out of this miter saw, which I would bet more than one listener does. Uh, I do. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I have yours. So. Yeah, exactly. So collectively we have not one of those laser saws. <laughs> right. So this would be the opportunity to install it. Right. And it's not. Uh, it's not terribly cheap. It's like eighty bucks. Uh, yeah, but, but it's uh, not like it's it's a throwaway either. Right. You can move it, and it comes with plates and everything that you can put onto your current saw and adjust it and, and all that. So it actually works out okay. Um, if you're into laser guided miter sawing, then right. uh, this is for you. Uh, personally, I, I know how you do it. You just because because when I'm in your shop, I do it your way, <laughs> which is you just don't believe it at all. No. You cut trim. You cut it about. I don't know, somewhere between a 16th and a, you know, a 32nd and a 16th too long. Yep. And then blow it off on the disc. Damn right. It works, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it totally Laugh works. Laugh if you want. It works. But it comes out right. 
I know. That's why I do it, too, because I <laughs> saw you do it. And I'm like, no, that makes sense. Well, yeah. I'm like, how know? do you get it just right? He's like, you get pretty close. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> like, Perfect. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Takes two seconds. You know? Yet again, we look like jackasses to like... You know, the pros that are like, I get it right every time. Yeah, well, I never do. Well, so good this for you. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our secrets out. You, you know? can put a laser on the sander. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come out with that then soon. Then you could use it. You know? well, yeah, <laughs> see, then I might be interested. You know, make sure Sandy disc red. You know. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> Number four. Okay, this, this one we caught a bunch of crap about. Or yep. actually, everybody complained about it. Um, the folding pocket wrench. Uh, here, here is a tool that is very shiny and very cool looking, but, uh, <laughs> may, may not be as useful. Well, as two, yeah, two things think. that, that come to mind right away. Uh, number one is what solution, what problem is this a solution for? And number two is I always thought you wanted wrenches not to fold. That was like the big that thing was, about wrenches is yeah, that, that was you a push good thing. hard on them and you know, they, they don't, don't fold. Yeah. But. Uh, you could also see how it could be a one-way fold, and I don't know. Is this for, like, cyclists or something, or maybe well, dudes on ATVs? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm just like... Well, I, I don't... That's That was my, my first question. First of all, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's got a little... Uh, uh, instead of... It, first of all, it folds in the middle, which is weird. Um, second, it uh, it has on each end... It's an open-ended wrench on each end, and it's got these leafs that fold in and out on that uh, that rotate on a bar. That make so it different sizes? That make it different sizes. So you got oh. metric on one huh. side and SAE on the other. And depending on, you know, like the, the metric stuff, they're all one millimeter big. So you just flip them down to get different, yeah, sure, different right. millimeters. On the other one, it's it's whatever increments yeah, that it's right. in. Sixteenths, probably. Yeah, probably. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, but... Uh, I can see several problems with this. The first one being, uh, you know, th- those leaves can move uh, <laughs> when you're when you're wrenching on something, and if it's a pretty tough bolt or it's you're in, I don't know. Let's say at an angle, and you're putting some force on it, and those leaves give way. You've now stripped the bolt pretty handily. So, I don't know if that's for sure what would happen, but I could see that happening to me. I think that like every you know, portable, I don't know whether I'd say every compact tool, you know, this is designed, you can't compare it to a standard tool. Because the truth is, is a standard wrench is going to beat the living crap out of some, you know, fold up real tiny wrench. Right. Any way you look at it. So So I think the way you have to look at things like this is, how would this perform if this was all you could have? You know, like if you were screwed on the side of the road and you had this instead of, I don't know, say nothing or say four wrenches or say, you know, whatever. Right. How would this perform? And I mean, you could probably do some damage. My answer to this has always been to carry an adjustable wrench. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in my car kit and, and my dad taught me this, you know, I mean, I would always go to, you know, the junk tool shop, Harbor Freight. Okay, I'd go to Harbor Freight. And I would buy junk tools for the car, you know, right? And and put them in a junk bag that I got from Harbor Freight and put in the car, you know, and use them however you need to, and don't worry about it. Which has saved our butt more than once on a lot of occasions, right? In the last couple years, (laughs) right? Yeah, my stupid Harbor Freight tools have come. No, but I mean, he always said, you know, you need an adjustable wrench. Why? Because you're not going to carry enough wrenches. Though I, I generally do, but you're you're not going to carry. Still got the adjustable too. And and I carry a full wrench set and a big one. Yeah. You know, but I think if you needed a smaller set, like say, I don't know, you had a, uh, what's, what's the Pontiac with the shoebox trunk that uh, makes the Aztec? Me- <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> that's the shoebox car. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, my mistake. <laughs> uh, the, the Solstice. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen a Solstice trunk, but I mean, you know, I, I have a Miata and, and the trunk in the Miata is huge compared to the Solstice. Right. I mean, it's literally like a shoebox. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, you're not going to be able to carry a lot of tools in there. So maybe, you know, you're a tool guy and you drive one of these things or a Sky or whatever the other one is, you know, mm-hmm. and you think, well, I, I need a couple of tools. Well, uh, could you replace this, you know, metric slash SAE folding, sliding in shim thing with a midsize adjustable wrench? Now, it doesn't fold in half in the middle, but come on. Yeah, totally. I, I honestly think so. 
So uh, it's not like it's it's uh, some kind of, I guess, tool handed down from the heavens. But uh, it's an interesting idea. It's a, it's an interesting idea. Um, personally, I think uh, a good adjustable wrench would probably serve you a little bit better. But uh, like you said, if if all you can do is is what you got strapped to your belt and you're riding an ATV, then maybe you know. But uh, I'm just trying to imagine the scenario where you need all these wrenches and you need it to be half the size of an adjustable wrench. And I just can't picture. I one. I just don't now, think you do. I was the guy who couldn't picture why you use short bed extended cab trucks, and I was wrong. And we was wrong. So hey, yeah. you know what? <laughs> if you are thinking you people are idiots, I know a great use for this. Call us. Tell us. Tell us. Damn that would right. be cool because oh, yeah. I would like to know what it is. I can't think of one. I can't think of one either, but that doesn't mean there isn't one. Uh, and it does look kind of cool. It, oh, man, it's shiny. <laughs> and you know how I am with shiny stuff. <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Number three. And uh, this one, uh, uh, well, hold on. Uh, number three is the mechanics. Number three. Mechanics vent gloves. And uh, Okay, now that could be cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have two things about this. One, uh, had people were uh, complaining that they weren't new, and of course we know that they've been around for years. Um, hey, it's new but, to us, okay? You know, it's, it's we haven't seen it before. You know, <laughs> actually, we I have seen it before, but uh, the the trick is uh, they started making them in white, which has a very '80s vibe to it. <laughs> You know, it was oh, this is like Michael Jackson. I mean, what are we? That talking was about? my first thought. <laughs> and one of the uh, one of the readers commented, "Can anybody say George Michael?" You know, I was like, Duh! so yeah, it, they're just funny because why would you have mechanics gloves with a big white back all over the top of them? That no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're going to look so nasty after about 20 Maybe they're for the Porsche dealership. You remember that big glass <laughs> wall they had? Yeah. Maybe every so often all the guys in the coats come out to the middle and like do a little dance show, you know? With like, <laughs> little hats and everything. Yeah, with little hats and little hand reveal things. and <laughs> Jazz hands. And yeah, yeah, jazz hands. That's it. <laughs> maybe that's what it's for. Well, you know, that would be a good use for I mean, these, but if you got to wait two months for them to pull the engine on your 911 to change the oil, you might as well... Get a little show. Damn straight. Yeah, I could see that. See, that would be... <laughs> Technically, the vents are, are so that your hands don't sweat as bad, but... If you're here in Texas like us, um, when it's 102 outside... Yeah, you're going to sweat anyway. Um, look, you're sweating in the gloves. So You're wearing the gloves because something worse than your sweat... Is going to... Is, is available. Right. Or, in the environment. Yeah, so... Freely. So you need to just, you know, suck it up and wear regular gloves as far as I'm concerned. However, other people have different uh, views on that. If you so. want to be able to go directly from, you know, dirty to jazz hands, you're good. You're good. Right. So that's... <laughs> That's what the, I thought it was more funny than anything else, but uh, yeah, uh, that's that's what those are. Uh, let's see here. Number two, uh, speaking of uh, adjustable wrenches, the reversible adjustable wrench. Now, uh, I'm not sure exactly why you would need this. Doesn't that essentially turn it into, I don't know, something you might be able to use sort of like an inverse spanner or something? I mean, like, you know, you... Well, Technically, yes, but remember, any pressure you're putting on this thing, you're going to have to do with the thumb wheel, and so you're not going to be able to use it as a spreader. You're not no. going to be, I mean, if you tried to grip something, you know, on the inside, like a pipe or something like that, you'd have to keep constant pressure on that thumb wheel, and I don't know how far you'd get. Um, so I'm a little... Confused as to what this might be used for? Yeah. Again... Maybe you guys can cue us in. Yeah, it, it, it could be. Nobody I, knew on the site, huh? Uh, I, if they did, I have not seen it yet, but I haven't looked at it in a day or so because it made my brain hurt. But <laughs> like, why? Why would you? Oh, my. Why? But anyway. we Maybe we need a new like post rubric, something that says, uh, the hell is this for? what the hell do you do with this? <laughs> and then people can cue us in and we can look like jackasses again. Well. I don't think there's ever a time we don't look like that, but uh, <laughs> it's, I think that's pretty clear over the last couple of years. <laughs> but well, I would like to know. I mean, yeah, I can't, I mean, my first thought was, what would you do with that? And I suppose if you had something with like a square drive in the middle, I don't know, like a large socket or something, you could stick it in there and try to turn it. But I, I there must be some reason for it, I, I guess. I, I just I guess so, but either sure that, that or somebody was like, you know, 
we we uh we don't have enough money to make this thing lock at the end, so we'll just make the thing slide out and it's reversible. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's awesome. And that happens. That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, it's a mistake for the factory. How many do we have? Six hundred thousand. All oh. right, so it's reversible. So it's a marketable thing. Okay. <laughs> Now, you watch. Somebody's going to come back with a great use for this, and we're going to feel stupid. Well, sure. Well, isn't that kind of what always happens? Yes, it is. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Actually, that was, uh, we're up to number one now. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah, that was number two. Uh, Number Number one. Number one. uh, Cigarette lighter flashlight. Now, you know, I've seen these forever, but I'm, and this is one of those situations where I would have written about it, but I just assume everybody knew about it. And it turns out, guess what? We hadn't written about it yet. Right. That's awesome. I'm glad that this made it on the site. These are kind of neat. I saw a guy who used one in a Miata because the truth is, is that most Miatas don't have an overhead light. Right. Uh, The new one, newer ones do. They have the, uh, uh, the second half of the first gen have one that's kind of on the windshield, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what do they call it? That is it the A pillar? I can't remember. The, a the, pillar. Yeah. No, no. Well, anyway, it's 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 stuck to the piece of the windshield, you know? Oh, so yeah. it doesn't go away with the top is the point. Sure. And um but the early ones have two little lights that are about, I don't know, a millionth of a wide. Yeah. You know, they produce half a lumen yeah. you know, or something. Down in the four foot wells. <laughs> Oh, I've seen those. It's yeah. sort of like... What the hell are you supposed to do with that? If you want to read a map, you just stick it down by your feet or something yeah, while you're driving and read it. You they know? produce about as much light as a Dayglow watch at night. Right. You know? Right. You, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could see that they're down there, but it really doesn't help you any. <laughs> and so I saw a guy pick one of these up and jam it in the cigarette light. <laughs> Be like, like oh, I got an answer if I need to read a map at night in my stupid car without a light, you know? Well, that's kind of intelligent. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, now, I mean, granted, this is not an application that everyone needs. But if no. you think about it, this would be kind of handy uh, if you don't carry a big ass flashlight in your truck, which you probably do. Yeah. Uh, but if you didn't, I could see this. Yeah. And it always amazes me the the fascination people have with stuff you can do with a cigarette lighter port. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, everybody has something you can do with that. Oh, I got this thing. It goes in my cigarette lighter or it goes in this power adapter. It's great. Man, you remember back in like the 80s when you'd have like one, all those splitters on it and you'd oh. be trying to like run a refrigerator. Oh, yeah. And like part uh, like of your the, car stereo. I actually had uh, one of the ones <laughs> that plugged in because I, I like in, my my first very first car was an 83 Corolla hatchback. <laughs> all right. It was. It was dog meat even when I got it, you know, and I put another like 200,000 miles on it. So, I mean, I had it for a while, but uh, this was about the time when uh, the portable disc men got, <laughs> yeah, you know I where I'm that. going with this, the portable disc men, you could like attach it. You could put, put this platform on the side of your thing that would hold it because they didn't have shock protection at the time. So right. um, you could plug it in and then, you know, hit it to the, uh, the, the uh, cigarette adapter, and it was like this big contraption where you couldn't even have anybody sit in the passenger seat, but you had a CD player in your car. You know? <laughs> and, and one of those, and then a, a splitter running off of it, off of it with a, uh, with a uh, uh, got radar detector, which <laughs> I don't know why, because that car could not go faster than the speed limit anyway. Oh, but, man. But uh, yeah, for had, those 35 mile an hour zones. Yeah, you know. You could get over that. Exactly. So, you had uh, a little distance. Hit <laughs> a and a stiff wind, yeah. Man, see, I remember the first radar detector that I had was, uh, I had a CRX, and I had a Discman too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I had it wired in the way you did, where you had like the cassette thing in, and yep. then you had the- Absolutely. You know, and you had it plugged into the cigarette lighter. And I remember thinking- um, This blows. Yeah, because there were wires everywhere, <laughs> oh, yeah, and looked, you had to put was... it all away every time you got in the car. And, yep. I, I finally, it was, I was kind of lucky because I was renting a room from an electrical engineer at the time. And I just went in and said, look, man, this, this sucks, you know, cause I had the cigarette adapter for the, uh, I think it was a Uniden mm-hmm. back then. It was a little bitty one. It yep. was neat. And I'm like, look, I need nine volts steady for this. Can you make this happen? And he's like, yeah, sure. Make this gun work. Yeah, so he built a little, it was really funny too, because he sat down and he just built a little regulated power supply and it had a potentiometer in it and he literally just dialed it to nine volts it was just the parts soldered to each other <laughs> you know like and and he he just hooked it up to the thing dialed it to nine volts put a drop of super glue on the potentiometer wrapped the whole thing up in tape and handed it to me <laughs> <laughs> and i took that You're and like sweet it was great and then i took my dash apart and i i plugged i i 
tapped the back of the cigarette lighter right and ran it up the you know up the a pillar and into the you know into the overhead on it and popped it out near my sun visor took the little thing and stuffed it under the edge of the sun visor and plugged it in <laughs> so it was like a built-in and it was hard to see too it was pretty cool and it cost like well it cost nothing i don't know i i think i used lamp cord for the wire so and he had a bunch of it so it was free yeah uh but mine didn't turn out as well but I still had the crabby discman plugged in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> so uh, yeah, people, cigarette lighters—they've been doing stuff with them for a while. So. Uh, a couple was it was it last weekend? It was last week. Last weekend, a uh, some of uh, the people at Stanley invited us out to a local NASCAR race. And, uh, we uh, are not one to turn down an auto event. Hell no! I mean, hell no! And the funny thing is, is that uh, this was at Texas Motor Speedway, the stop there, right. which is close to us. And this was your first NASCAR race. Wasn't it's it? true. It's true. I, I've been to an IRL race at at Texas Motor Speedway, mm-hmm. um, but I had never. And and back in high school, you know, I worked. Uh, I worked some SCCA pro races uh, and a bunch of amateur, and I, I ran an IT car for a while. But, you know, I, I had never been to a NASCAR race. And uh, anyway, they were kind enough to uh, to drag us out and, and let us see the show. And uh wasn't really a good weekend for their driver. <laughs> I didn't see how he finished. Um, I, I did, but we're just not going to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, you know, I mean, everybody has good days and bad days. Sure. And he sure seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, he was. You know? I mean, and, and hey, he's he's kind of pretty much like most of the people who listen to Toolmonger, I would say. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of a tool guy, outdoors guy, real athletic, and that kind of thing. As you might expect for you know professional driver, he's, he's in shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's a mile and a half oval and these guys do it in just shy of 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh 28 seconds and change uh which is like 180 and change miles an hour. Yeah. I think it's somewhere around uh, the average about 170 something uh a lap. And what's real I mean yeah, and qualifying is, you know, right. fastest you right. know what I'm talking. And I I guess there were a couple of things that were interesting to me because number 1 as a, a guy who loves racing, even though I don't get to watch a lot of it, or and I certainly don't get to go to a lot of it anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's this whole writing thing and this whole like toolmonger, toolmonger thing, and, yeah, and right. Yeah. But <clears throat> but I always was kind of impressed by the fact that with NASCAR, number one, I mean, a lot of people like to make fun of it. You know, I was a road racing guy, and all the guys at the track were always like, "Oh, they only know how to do left," and. The truth is, is any sport that starts and the guy who crosses the line first is the winner is racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll admit the point system confuses me a little. Uh, it seems like I love how at the race they have running point standards. Yeah. Like it's running like who's where in the points and they have negative points now, which I didn't get. And, <laughs> um, I think the worst of it th- was this is Sean and I walking around thinking we're old is we see a picture of a car, and it has this big-ass wing on the back of it. Right. I'm like, what the hell is that? You know? Are they, I look at Sean, and I'm like, are they putting wings on on these cars now in NASCAR? Like, no, no. They're not doing that, They couldn't do that. They had the adjustable spoiler. But, yeah, you know, right. You know? and Wings. Huh. I mean, I thought it was a big deal back when they stopped bending them and started putting, you know, like, you know, uh, rod ends on them and adjusting uh-huh. them, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. And... And so we see a car they roll out, you know, because we, we, we were walking through the pits and, and we see them roll a car out. And I'm like, guess what? This big has got ass a big on the back of it. <laughs> you know, that's going to make them go faster. You know that, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, so, yeah, we were a little behind the times, I felt uh, like. I, I looked it up when we got back. It's 2006 when they rolled out. Okay, so at least it wasn't they, like. Yeah, like 1980-something or something <laughs> well, ridiculous yeah, right. or something, you know. <laughs> we feel bad. But, yeah, no, it was uh, 2006 when they uh, they started doing that, or at least the, the testing for it, and, and they had a car with one on it. So uh, I was pretty impressed, you know. I was like, oh, look at that. They're, they're actually doing this now. All right. I sort of love the fact that the cars are still – and and don't fool yourself. A whole lot of engineering goes into NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, if you th- if you think it's low tech, you're wrong. 
Yeah, it's not anymore. You know, I mean, at one time fun, maybe, but well, what's fun is that it's a different kind of tech. It's like you have no driver aids. I mean, it's still all mechanical. Yep. The cars, com- you know, the cars completely driven by the driver. You have, you know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, you don't yeah. have driver aids in terms of of like, you know, th- uh, traction control or or yeah, anti lock brakes none like they use the brakes that much. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> all of that kind of stuff and. and and you have a relatively simple engine. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still carbureted, right? Uh, I don't know. I, of course, I thought they still had right. Know, so maybe I'm stupid. Back, so now, I mean, if you think these guys aren't taking these things and 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 doing computer simulation of the air and, and fuel f- flow through them and and doing things that you wouldn't even imagine are possible with the heads on them or anything else, you're crazy. Right? You know. I mean, it's just that. They're applying the technology prior to the vehicle as yeah. opposed to during the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and really, and what won this uh, the the race last weekend was fuel management. You know, they had uh, right. They, they said, "Oh yeah, we can make it 70 laps on." And or got lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just waiting for it to like cross the finish line and die. You know? <laughs> yeah, because everybody, even the announcers, were like, "Oh yeah, there's no way they're making it on." on that much fuel and and really um you know throttle conservation and and uh you know making sure everything was was lined up right and he he was taking the speed of when he could and going half throttle when he get they actually made it that far um so there there is some skill it's not just just floor it mash the pedal and and go around in a circle uh there's there's a lot that goes into that uh whether it looks like it or not you know? oh yeah and i have to admit that i think part of the most fun i guess the most fun part of the weekend was seeing the tools in use yeah uh, my favorite and you posted about it uh so if you haven't seen this on toolmonger already you should check it out is i have made fun of aluminum jacks for years you know people are always like ha 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 aluminum jack and i'm like why do you want an aluminum jack you're gonna roll it around your garage you know i guess it's a little less likely to corrode but i've never had a jack outlast its metal you know, I mean, usually yeah. the cylinder dies in it or something else, <laughs> yeah. you know, before. And uh, so we see a couple of guys walking from, the, you know, the, the garage, the garage to the pits, which is, a, you know, like carrying a, one of those aluminum jacks flipped around backwards under an arm with the jack sticking out the top, you know, through their arm by one of the handles like they're not even carrying anything. Right. I'm like. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I'm like what? He's like, look, he's carrying a jack. I'm like. I'll be damned. You know? <laughs> Take oh, yeah. a picture, you know. He might as well have been carrying a Coke because he was not working. Yeah, he had it balanced in such a way that, you know, the the, 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 the handle was holding it in place against his back, yeah. you know, and, and his hand w- was grabbing one of the little grips on it and taking up just a tiny bit of the weight. So it was kind of like balanced on him. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he was lifting a little, but not much. And he clearly had no problem walking this big-ass jack from the garages at least, I don't know, 100, 200 yards, 300 yards. Yeah, I'd say probably close to 250 yards. You know, to the pits, yeah. which was – so, yeah, if you uh, – you know, And now, keep in mind he goes over the wall – with one of those every time the car comes in <laughs> you know it's still fun to see that i think that and watch i watching the uh uh the pit stops was incredible because i love the way they just don't apply any technology to that it's like you still have you have lugs yeah. you know lug nuts a bunch of them yeah they glue them on yeah, which is so funny, can, too. So they know? can spin them on later you know right which you is know? why you don't see guys like lining up lugs and i always wonder i'm like how does that work, you know? And a little piece of the uh, of of the lug is actually not threaded right. at the end, so that they just jam the wheel on there and everything's in place. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of skill to it. Uh, over in the Stanley booth in the, the circus on the outside of the, of the place, uh, you know, they had a little thing where you could try it. And uh, even, you know, without them glued on, even just balancing them all in place, um, it was crazy. I mean, it's it's a lot harder than it looks. Best time we saw was about eighteen seconds, which is an eternity. This is one wheel. Yeah, this is one wheel. Okay. <laughs> These guys were doing four tires and fuel, you know, in, in thirty t- and change. No, no, no. Oh no. yeah, no, 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 no. It was it was twelve. No. Yeah, I, I watched it. You know, we well, had, I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't believe that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, two tires, six seconds. 
four tires and fuel, 12 seconds was the average. The best time was 10 seconds. In fact, I had a hard time when I was taking pictures of the track. If they just did two wheel changes, getting the camera to focus before they were out of the pit. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it was pretty exciting. Anyway, it was you fast. look at it. It was really fast. And I guarantee you, if number one, I want a, I want an aluminum jack because that's cool. Yeah. And and number two, you're going to see me carry it like they do, just because. <laughs> it's just because you want to. That's do cool. That now. Well, no, I mean, you know, that is a dude who knows how to use his jack, which is sweet. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's... You don't drag it across the floor by the handle. You pick it up and flip it under and carry it like they do. I do, because it's a steel jack, and I don't want to lift it. Well, yeah, me too. But my <laughs> steel jack is a piece of crap, so... Yeah. Also, One of these days. Yeah, also, uh, if you've never been to a NASCAR race, and you, and you can make fun if you like, but <laughs> um, if you've never been to one, uh, this is the reason NASCAR is still around, I think. Because it is... A machine uh, from everything from the first moment you you even set eyes on the track till you leave is has been orchestrated it is coordinated and you can do whatever you want but everything you do is well thought out well laid out and you can get to it easily and and everybody has a good time in fact they were probably close to to 150,000 200,000 people there okay that was the incredible part and Nobody had a problem. Nobody was upset. Nobody was unfriendly. Or if they were, they were somewhere not near us. Yeah, we, we roll all it. over everything all day, and everybody was just as as pleased to be there and as laid back as could be. Uh, and it was you can tell that they've done this for a while. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty cool to see it all laid out and and uh i mean a lot of tradition a lot of a lot of that kind of thing but you got to see the cars you got to see the drivers you got to see the race you got any swag or you know it was a cool yeah it was it was cool yeah you could buy uh anything in the world with yeah. a driver or a car number on it yeah anything cool. you know and you, they made sure you got to see everything too it was fun to see uh all the tool people there i mean clearly nascar is a tool heavy audience you know the NASCAR audience is full of people who use tools, and it was it was it was fun. Obviously, that's why Stanley's involved, and uh, Stanley had a really big display there. Uh, other companies had displays there too. Yeah, we saw Irwin. Uh, we saw right uh, Craftsman. It was like was uh, I mean, virtually was everyone. Yeah, you know any hand tool manufacturer you can think of was there. Now, granted, at this particular one, Stanley's had a much larger display. Wow, yeah, it was like a house, was, a small house building. That is a, big house yeah and, and they gave away a lot of tools which was pretty cool too yeah um but anyway it was a good time it was really interesting it was fun to kind of punch the nascar card again and learn how <laughs> uh about all the new things that have happened i still don't understand the scoring which is probably why i don't watch more but yeah the points elude me i have no idea <laughs> you know and i know people are getting mad right now thinking i know how it works and you're right you do and i'm just dumb <laughs> I know we want to give kind of an update on the uh, on the shop truck project, but I just wanted to first say that during the little break here, uh, Sean encouraged me to actually look up NASCAR pit times, and Sean is completely right. Uh, 12, 13, 14 seconds is a four tires and fuel stop these days. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty quick. And you got to remember, that's without like Formula One's integrated car jacks and, and yeah, unlimited <laughs> people over the wall and single nut. <laughs> Uh, you know, wheels, single lug wheels, and all that garbage. Yeah, that's I mean, this a is dude like, climbing over the wall with well, the jack. a lot of dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they've got like a guy per tire and a guy that's next to the guy per tire and two guys per jack. You, you can know, look it ridiculous. up on Wikipedia. There's a great entry that explains uh, what each person does and what they're allowed to do and how the rules have changed, and it's pretty cool. But yeah, it's great. Anyway, Sean is definitely right about that, and uh, that is just completely badass. Yeah. But anyway, about the shop truck. The shop truck. We kind of hit a big snag in the shop truck, which is why you haven't heard about it for a little bit. We got a couple of things to tell you uh, on the site about it, but we had one real big, ugly thing happen. 
Yeah. Which is, well, you know, we we, we got the engine out. Engine's rebuilt, incidentally. Oh, yeah, it's sitting uh, sitting downstairs and, right now. Uh, you'll see posts about that soon, uh, describing the process. Looks great. Uh, it does. It looks really good. It should run very well. Uh, when we got it out, the transmission was leaking a bit. And we thought, well, maybe we should run that by a shop while it's all yeah. here. I mean, we got the kind of the overview and everything, but nobody's actually cracked the case. The seal was leaking yeah, quite a bit. And we thought, okay, uh-huh. you know, maybe we could get somebody to replace the seal for us. So, <clears throat> so we yanked it, right? Right. And we took it to a nice shop. And uh, the nice guy uh, said, yep, the seal's gone, and I can do the seal, and it's not a lot of cash, and we were good to go. And uh, then he took a look inside it, and... Uh, it was not so good. Yeah, it's kind of a complete junk pile. Yeah, the uh, most of uh, there's metal filings all over. Um, a lot of the thing holding it together was just goop. Um, Bottom line is the same kid that installed the uh, little, you know, uh, scorpion kit and jacked up all the wiring for the stereo uh, probably ran it for a long time with no with less than the proper lubrication. Yeah, probably a little uh, little on the high end of the RPM scale as well. And, Not a uh, surprise, necessarily. Yeah, but uh, it kind of nuked the transmission. So uh, we, uh, we, we got... We are sort of sans transmission at this point. Yeah, we got a... And now we got some beads on a, a cheap uh, rebuilt uh, 700R4, or R4-700, I guess. Uh, I can't remember how it is. But anyway, uh, it's a 700 automatic transmission. Uh, right. There's a ton of them around. Uh, you can get them for depending on what you do. Uh, anywhere two fifty to five hundred, right? Yeah, about uh, about two fifty to five hundred. I'm looking at around three three fifty uh, for uh, torque converter and uh, the trans the complete rebuilt transmission. So uh, not too bad. Uh, you can even get them some, with some warranties and everything. But uh, that's pretty much the only thing holding up the rebuild. And uh, we're we're going to get that cleared out here pretty soon. Uh, but uh, it did throw us in a little bit of turmoil. We thought we'd be. Uh, we thought we'd be done by now. Yeah, that was kind of the thing. And then uh, transmission threw us for a loop a little bit. So we've been staring at a really pretty uh, engine sitting uh, on our wonderful stand, which you've already seen. <laughs> Actually, I don't think they've seen the stand really? yet. Yeah. I thought you already posted about this I, stand. I don't think I posted about you this You drop these posts out and tell them what's going on. Yeah. The, uh, so, yeah, it's it's completely rebuilt now. We did the heads and the you know the, cleaned it all the way down to the uh, to the piston tops and... and uh, uh, there was quite a bit of carbon, uh, a <laughs> little, little bit, uh, as you might expect, uh, it's all new valves, springs, you know, everything. So, um, turned out real well, uh, but, uh, we can't really tell how well, cause it's not in the truck yet. Now you also scored, I think, uh, just a hell of a deal on an intake manifold. Yeah, um, our intake manifold, uh, after I wound up cleaning it up, uh, one of the water jackets was cracked. And uh, which could explain why it was uh, mixing coolant, and, mixing and coolant yeah. and, and fluid there, or uh, that and the blown oil. ass head gasket we found. Yep, uh, <laughs> blown clean, which is why I kept dumping fuel in it because it wasn't getting enough compression. So, um, yeah, or sloshy compression, I should yeah. say, because one of those cylinders was squeaky clean because obviously it was getting steamed. And uh, one of uh, the rest, of, like the other seven, well, you could were see it when we pulled it. You could see the blown head gasket. It was it yeah. Was I mean, it clear. was pretty bad. I mean, it was it was. Uh, normally, you have a blown head gasket, and there's a little little bump or something, or a little little bitty tear. You like, don't well, see it. it. It just kind of happens. It just is. You see this, the results of it. Yeah, this is blown. Uh, it was ripped right. clean in half. So, uh, so that was uh, kind of a problem with our intake manifold. And you know, they want like four hundred bucks for a new one of those. Yeah, it's uh, the one we put on Project Yukon. Uh, actually, same one. Uh, yeah, same ironically. model. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was was a bunch of cash. And uh, I love the way you handled this. <laughs> Sean goes digging on Craigslist. Yep, and found some poor bastard that had one. I uh, I would say in the general vicinity, it was like quite a ways from here. Yeah, it was like a hundred miles or something like but, that. But um, what'd you pay for it? Seventy five bucks. And then you Craigslisted yours. Uh, actually, no, I I uh, salvaged mine because um, the the guy at the local yard would give you fifty bucks. Really? For, Just because the, there's so much aluminum in it? Because well, it's solid aluminum. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, he gave me fifty bucks for <laughs> for the. Uh, I was like, sweet. $400 uh, 
Uh, and then the one you got looked really new. If it was if it was not actually new, it had not been run much. I don't think it had been run, but once or twice. It had the little uh, orange paint dot, right? That came. So I think it was installed. Yeah, it was it was installed, but I, I don't. It was so clean. I don't know how either somebody cleaned it. Really, I don't know what the deal was. I can't imagine the guy selling it for seventy five bucks actually putting any effort other than taking it off and saying here it is. Yeah, I think he was actually parting out a three fifty he got in. Uh, uh, in his, something else in his car, yeah, or something else, and uh, he was building a big block and just just needed cash to to get through. Well, it. you 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 scored a four hundred dollar intake manifold for twenty five bucks. Yeah. And that's pretty damn cool. I yeah, think. <laughs> it's, that is cheap bastardism at its absolute finest. Yeah, otherwise we'd still be waiting on that. So, right, uh, which really wouldn't be hurting us at this point. <laughs> at this point, no. <laughs> but, uh, Except that the four hundred bucks, you know, the three hundred and seventy-five bucks is going to come in real handy when uh, we need to buy transmission. We need to buy a transmission. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it is. Um, the uh, like we said, the the engine itself looks great. It's completely rebuilt uh, except for the the extreme bottom end, and I think I even got an oil pan uh, uh, coming for Ooh, that. Nice. Yeah, it's not like fancy with like Moroso or anything like that. Yeah, but whatever. It's, uh, it's like, like you need baffles in an oversized. Yeah, because you know, you know you're going to be racing a lot, except for that one run at the drag strip. Yeah, I'm gonna take your ass too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a lot of performance on that engine now. Think they'll make me pull the the camper shell to run. <laughs> they probably won't let me run you watch <laughs> oh you're gonna have to take that off and be like i went by default you know <laughs> you would yeah but uh yeah gonna well, take me yeah you know what's really gonna make you go fast though those sweet valve covers you bought <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't want to pay for Chrome. No, no, okay? I'm, I'm poking fun at you speed-wise. <laughs> but the truth is, those are awesome. I mean, so Sean tells me when he's when he's coming up with parts for this, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, well, Chrome valve covers are expensive, and I'm, I'm not wasting money on that crap, so I'm going to get me these uh, these black ones. And so now what I'm thinking so is... So Chuck is, Pitch is a fit. He's like, oh, no, no, come Here's on. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like the stock ones you see on newer iterations of of that engine you know right which would be a, they're essentially they look just like the yukon's chrome ones but they're low and they're uh uh and they're painted, painted shiny black. black that lasts about three seconds and then is rust faded half rusted crappy looking black right right so that's what i imagine when you said oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get black valve covers for it so i gave you crap about it and uh you know then they come in and he's like hey take a look at these and they're freaking sweet. <laughs> they're uh, they're the large squarish type. Yeah, they're they're more like um, LS seven valve covers. You yeah, know, the the square ones, but but they're center bolt, oversized square. Yeah, they're center bolt type, and uh, they're they're uh, uh, crinkle black powder coated. Right. And they say uh, they got a red. They have a bow tie on. They them. have a red bow tie and a, a red Chevrolet. So it says. I mean, they look freaking sweet. They're pretty cool. Yeah, you got to post some pictures. You got to get those next posts out and post some pictures about that crap because those are cool. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were actually. I mean, like, and how much would you pay for them? Well, chrome valve covers were actually anywhere from eighty to like a hundred eighty dollars, and wow. there was no way I was paying for that. So I found these, uh, and I think I'd have to look up who it was. I have all the documentation for it, but I have to look up where I found them. But they were, they were, I think fifty five dollars something like that for the pair of them and all the hardware that comes with them and everything. So, <laughs> and they look great. I mean, they really do. I good. mean, they look sweet. People see the engine sitting down now, the bottom half. I mean, we cleaned it up. We but, did our best. Yeah. I and mean, you did mo- most of it. I was like this, you know, come on. And you're like, no, 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 we can make this work. And, and you just went at it with a wire brush. Yeah. And it looked, I mean, the bottom's dirty, but it, it, it looks, a little, it doesn't really spend the car for 250,000 miles. Right. And the top, of course, has new heads, new valve covers, and a new intake manifold. So most people see it sitting in the shop and are like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that looks great. What is that? And what's funny is when you put it in the truck, it's going to be the same way. Yeah. Because except for the fact that they'll be able to see the front of it and they'll see, like, you know, the a crappy old water pump yeah. and, and some of that, you know. Other than that, I mean. It uh, looks good. Right. And, right. And these, these valve covers just set it off just incredibly more than it has any right to do you know because these are uh they're cheapo stuff and i was a little worried about them too but i wasn't spending any money on it but uh uh if you if you're in the market for them 
just just take oh, a hell look. yeah go look you need yeah. to yeah, and you need to post some links to that stuff because that, that, those are cool i bet a lot of guys would put those on their 350s you think because i mean yeah you you put like a hundred bucks away yeah i mean a hundred bucks worth of go fast for something that looks like a race car engine come on <laughs> that's I true mean, chrome looks like show car yeah yours look like race engine yeah it does you know? yeah it does people actually oh is it special or is this great motor no <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-five dollars, fifty-five bucks. You know, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to tell everybody about because I, I actually got to do this, which was kind of entertaining, is um, when we were uh, right before the rebuild, when we were tearing it down, um, we had obviously when we were pulling the engine, we ran into one problem, which is when we put the puller on the uh, on the two hundred fifty thousand mile old uh, uh, power steering pump. Oh man, pulley. Yeah. Pulley. Uh yeah, the the pulley itself just failed before we could get the you know, it would break free to come off. It's just welded on the end of the well, shaft. Well the pulley is yeah, just it's fused to the end of the shaft yeah. and there's it's I mean we use the standard off. there's a groove on it and use a puller, which we have. Right. Uh for the purpose of, you know, you it grabs around the outside and you put a little slip ring around it to hold that in place and then there's a piece that screws against the center and pulls it off. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's so fused on there that it just it just broke the pulley. Before and I think the, the metal was kind of slightly fatigued anyway. And, and there was no easy way to get at the shaft to cut it. I mean, at this point, we're like, okay, we need to destroy this and get it off. The you only know? thing I cared about was the bracket because they wanted $175. Right. Oh, it's a, big, it's a huge aluminum the, bracket that holds the whole thing. Yeah, they want $175 to replace it. I'm like, I don't care about anything else, but that bracket has to be okay. So uh, Sean's deep in, in putting a head on and doesn't really need me to be in his way. So he, I'm like, hey, man, what, what can I do? He's like, get that off there. All I care about is the bracket. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so first I'm thinking, well, I could just cut the shaft, you know, and that'd be the easiest way. Uh, or I could cut the end off the shaft and then maybe get something on it another way. And, you know, I, I jacked around with some of that, and it just wasn't happening. You couldn't get a saw in there because, you know, there's no clear path yeah. for you to move it. Finally, I actually used um, a reciprocating saw. Uh, actually, it was it was uh, Milwaukee's uh, Hacksaw. Hacksaw, yeah. Yeah, which I wrote about in Popular Science this month, uh, November issue. Woo! There's a... There's a piece on the front of, uh, it's actually a little bitty on the cover, which is cool. But if you look at the first page of the What's New section, there's a great picture of it. Uh, we need to do a hands-on for the site, too, Yeah. come to think of it. This thing is essentially a miniature hacksaw. Now, it's not like these type that use jig blades, like you see. There's a bunch of those around. You know, the VPX, the Black & Decker VPX, right. and and the Handy Saw and all those. And, and what does uh, uh, Ryobi call theirs? The hybrid saw? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not those, okay? This is using their 12-volt uh, engine that essentially their motor and everything like they use for the little 12-volt uh, um, oh, compact driver and, yeah, that yeah. we've reviewed and you can see on the site, right? Right. And it, it makes quite a bit of power. And then they got a gearbox that gears it, uh, and then it runs this reset blade, which is a shortened reset blade. It's like a standard one, except it's a couple inches shorter. It's like four inches. Yeah, you know, and it's it's think just a, a sawzall or a, a re, just a big solid recip only it's tiny and it's angled kind of funny. Right, and and that angle is really useful. I know it sounds strange. You need to look at the pictures to see this, but it you can get your hand on it, wedge it in all kinds of weird places. And guess what I did with it? Uh, I did the same thing. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to get this thing off, how the hell am I going to do that? I'm like, well, to get to one bolt, I need to cut the. Uh, I need to cut the uh, tank off it. I look inside it, you know, with a, I open it up and stick a flashlight in and look inside it. And the pump itself is pretty small. Then there's a big tank, you know, that holds the fluid. Big reservoir. I'm like, well, I could cut that reservoir tank off. So I just grab the thing and start hacking pieces off it. And then I cram it down inside the tank and start cutting the bottom of it off. Literally, I mean, the poor thing looks like it's been used for five years now, but I literally just (laughs) cram assed it in there and just wailed on it and cut, managed to cut the tank off. That got me one of the bolts yeah um then i used it and, and you helped because it took a while yeah and i cut a pie shape in the in the uh wheel itself right in the, in the broken itself. pulley and then we just rotated the pie shape around to get at the front bolts and came right off yep it was uh it was pretty cool it it looked um you couldn't have done it with a recip a standard recip no nah, it was too it would never too have fit and angled in the hole no no, it was it was way too big. So it was it actually worked out pretty well, um, all things considered. I mean, yeah, we destroyed everything else but the bracket, but that was kind of the plan, right? 
and uh, it's <laughs> we got a great picture of it somewhere. We ought to post it. You ought to post that. Yeah, um, I will. I will. That was pretty <laughs> slightly used power steering pump. <laughs> I sent it to a friend of mine, uh, and and sent him a picture, and I'm like, one power steering pump, slightly used. <laughs> <laughs> Reservoir requires some work. Some <laughs> <Soul> assembly. <laughs> pump, pump may work. If- <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, it looked like some kind of sliced up monster had just gotten it and destroyed Oh, yeah, there were pieces the of it all oh, over the floor. Yeah. It was- but uh, we did get it free of the bracket in the head. So, And incidentally, I was using the EMT blade, they yeah. call it, which is for like, you know, metal and metal-related stuff, cutting into cars and crap like that. Yeah, so, well, that's kind of what it was doing. It was, yeah. It was cutting various metal. We cut some solid metal. We cut some sheet metal with it. Yeah. You know? Um, it it worked out pretty well, but we, we finally Granted, our, we went through a couple of charges uh, on the battery. Yeah. I think it was, what, three? Yeah, three. Yeah, it was about three charges. Uh, so we'd, like, we'd do some, go work on the engine. Do some, go work on the engine. And uh, finally, it was... It was fine. It took a couple hours, you know, between the charges. Yeah, but it worked. But it worked. It was <laughs> off, and we didn't have to really struggle too bad with it. So uh, it was. So anyway, we need. We now need a power steering pump. And, yeah, uh, but uh, those are like fifty bucks and right. worth way less than the bracket. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> They're proud of that aluminum crap, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, aluminum's expensive. Yeah, I uh, guess people so. are stealing street signs in some cases because of the uh, aluminum. Yeah. Well. Uh, it's uh they're, they're so it's kind of sad that the pump is worth less you know the pump and the pulley <laughs> i can get for you know a, a third of what that bracket cost and and that wasn't even counting the uh the uh, uh intake manifold which is ridiculous amounts of money they right for that right because it's and uh, chuck was pointing this out when aluminum is so heavy that you have to like struggle to pick it up that's, that's valuable that's <laughs> that's money i'm like hmm I bet you somebody want to buy that. <laughs> You're like, forget Craigslist. I'm going to call. <laughs> I'm going to salvage this bad boy. <laughs> That's good thinking right there. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, the motor. <laughs> so, in short, the motor's uh, together. We're having to wait on uh, the transmission a little bit. Need both accessories on the front and put it in, but we need a transmission first. Yep. So, uh, that's coming. Then we can talk about paint and body, which we have some unique ideas. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be all kinds of sexy. But, you know. <laughs> We're going to catch hell for it. Oh, yeah. It's a secret, though. We'll tell you at yeah. a later date. Everybody's going to complain about it, but I don't care. It's going to be cool. <laughs> and the interior, so we, in fact, we have everything. For, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, everything yeah, you have a whole the, interior sitting waiting my, for it. In my dining room. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Wife loves that, doesn't she? Oh, she's just thrilled to death. <laughs> Headliner, <laughs> everything but the seat. Yep. Headliner, door panels, um, carpet. Yep. Uh, I have a uh, uh, catalytic converter that I found that I, I need to put on. Yeah, the exhaust is gone at this point. Yeah, it's got headers. So we'll it's... have some interesting discussion about how we're going to get it to the exhaust shop. Yeah, I think I'm just going to 19-year-old it <laughs> we, we... over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the around-the-shop idea right now is just, <laughs> just, just drive it over and ah! <laughs> let off or, or, or shut it off if you pass a cop. Yeah, post, you know, you know? Just... <laughs> But you know we may we may grow up yet too. We'll see. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. We're cheap. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else you want to share this week in this uh, return to uh, Tool Talk? Oh, probably, but nothing that's not going to get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we will. I'm not kidding. See you next week. Yes, indeed. <laughs>